How's everyone doing today? And welcome back. As always, I hope everyone has had a fun and just fantastic week. Work has been super busy for me. I've been working my regular 12-hour shifts, sometimes a 24-hour shift, and even a 36-hour shift here and there. I'm hoping change comes soon because our crews can't keep running like that. But we will always be there to do the job because the people we serve deserve it. And we also love our job. Today, I want to talk a little bit about diabetes and what we can do to reverse the effects of either hyperglycemia or hypoglycemia. So here's a quick message from our sponsor. And as always, we'll get right into it. So we're going to talk about diabetes. Diabetes is when your pancreas either does not produce enough insulin or produces no insulin at all. Insulin is produced in your pancreas inside a tissue called the islets of Langerhans. In a person who does not have diabetes, the islets of Langerhans produces the correct amount of insulin and releases it into the body, which then allows your body to use the sugar, which is also known as glucose. When you check the blood glucose level, or BGL, you are measuring the level of sugar that the red blood cells contain. Now, the book says anything between 80 and 100 is normal. But there's some people who can function with a higher or lower level of BGL. Now, like I always say, you treat the patient, not the monitor. So there's two types of diabetics. You have your type 1s and your type 2s. Type 1 is when the pancreas produces little to no insulin and it is most common in juveniles. However, you can still find some adults that are type 1 diabetics. The most common problem you will face with a type 1 diabetic is hyperglycemia, also known as high blood sugar. Now, you can also call this DKA or diabetic ketoacidosis because there is no insulin to use the sugars that is produced by the food you eat. So what happens is your body can't process the sugar, which builds up ketones, which is an acidic substance that increases the pH in your body. And that leads to altered mental status and eventually a coma. And if that's not reversed, even death. So when that happens, there's really only two options you have to potentially help and fix that situation. The first one is you can give the patient insulin medication, but that is dangerous because you need to analyze the patient's blood for various physiological factors. And in many cases, you do not know the patient's normal dose of insulin. So there is potential for either over-medicating the patient or under-medicating the patient. So in EMS, option one, you can just throw that out the window because we will never do that. That will be left for a doctor in a hospital to do. So option two is what you will do in the field. And option two is you just dump tons of fluids into the patient. By dumping fluids, you are slowly dropping the patient's pH level. Now, there is an option three, which kind of goes along with option two, 
And option three is diesel therapy. You just get them to the hospital as quickly but safely as you can. Now, type 2 diabetes is when the body doesn't produce, produce enough insulin or it resists insulin. Now, with type 2 diabetics, you'll be faced with hypoglycemia. Now, hypoglycemia is low blood sugar. And the way that I used to remember that uh, is hypo means low. Hyper is high, right? So if you get like a hyper child, they're always crazy active. That's That was just an easy way for me to remember it during school. So with a hypoglycemic patient, a quick fix for that is sugar. So where I work on our ambulances, we carry D10. There are still some places that use D50. So D10 is a mixture of 10% dextrose with a 0.9% sodium chloride, which is just normal saline. And D50 is 50% dextrose, still 0.9% normal saline. Uh, A lot of places are going away from D50 because it just skyrockets the blood sugar so rapidly. And that the crash afterwards is also rapid and the body has a hard time adjusting to it. So D10 and D50 need to be given via IV or intravenously, and they work great if the patient is unresponsive, right? So patient's unresponsive, the first thing you do, check the blood sugar. If it's low, just pop in an IV and give them either D10 or D50, whatever your department uses. But if the patient is conscious and able to swallow, however, and they still have a low BGL, you can use oral glucose, which... Oral glucose is just a sugar paste that goes in between the mouth and the bottom lip of the gums. Kind of like uh, the people who chew tobacco. It goes it goes in the same spot, basically. And you just let that dissolve, and they swallow it, and the sugar comes up. A little tip, though. If you don't have oral glucose, frosting works great. And frosting usually tastes better than the oral glucose that you will carry. I've tasted ours, and it tastes like shit. It was gross, so I will hopefully never use that because that was nasty. But with all the hypoglycemic uh, calls you go on, if oral glucose or D10 or D50 is administered, always make the patient eat something when they wake up because the patient will wake up, and they'll wake up quick. You'll be very surprised. It's kind of like the first time you use Narcan, When you Narcan somebody, they come out of it, and they're just like, well, what happened? It's D10 and D50. They work the same way. It's pretty crazy to see. Like I said, always make sure they they eat something. Uh, My thing is eat a peanut butter sandwich. And I can't tell you how many sandwiches I've made for patients. It's crazy. But peanut butter is high in protein. And it takes longer for your body to metabolize peanut butter. And bread is full of carbs. So it's an all-around perfect meal for someone who has just received a recent spike in their blood sugar levels. So now that we understand diabetes, like always, it's story time. We get called out for diabetic problems. We arrive on scene, 
and we are met by the property owner and he directs us back to where the patient was staying and of course there's no easy way for us to get back there so we had to drag the stretcher through grass gravel and sand and sand i swear is the worst thing ever i hate having to pull the stretcher through sand because the wheels don't roll and then you have to load the stretcher back into the ambulance and sand gets everywhere but anyway we get into the patient's residence and she's laying completely naked on the bed we get up to assess the patient we notice she's very diaphoretic her body's very hot to the touch and our minds already start trending towards hyperglycemia because some of the symptoms of hyperglycemia or high blood sugar are diaphoresis and being extremely hot. So the first thing we do is immediately check for breathing and pulse. Once we establish she has both, we check the blood sugar and our glucometer reads high. So for our glucometers, when we get a reading of high, that means the sugar level is over 600. All glucometers are different. Uh, some might read high at 500. You know, it's just, that's how our glucometer works. So once, once it reads high, the medic goes, hey, we got to move. So I climb up onto the bed. I spin her around so he can grab under her shoulders and I grab under her legs. We carry her under the stretcher. And we get her into the back of the ambulance, and I mean, she is just completely out of it. Very altered mental status. I'm trying to bag her, and she's just fighting us. She's kicking, you know, throwing her hands around, moving her head side to side, pulling the BVM off her face. I mean, we're just this two-man ambulance crew fighting with this naked chick in the back of an ambulance. So my medic goes, dude... I got to get an IV. Now I'm doing my best to hold her down. You know, I tightened our stretcher straps as tight as possible, but she was just so altered that it, it didn't even matter. We get on the radio. I'm like, Hey dispatch, I need, uh, the fire department, send our supervisor and send the sheriff's department. Cause I just, I just need someone. Right. And they were like, Oh, well, what's your reference? And I'm like, I just, I just need hands. Like, I guess I'm going to say, uh, pa patient declining, whatever. Right. So whenever we ask for, for more resources, the dispatchers want to know a reference. And, you know, in the moment I'm thinking to myself, I just asked for somebody, just give me somebody, right? Anything will help at this point. So the dispatcher goes, 10-4, uh, we'll send them. So after we ask for more resources, the dispatcher tries calling us back on the radio, but we're not answering because we're literally fighting with this chick in the back. Like we're trying, we're trying to get her stable, trying to get an IV. We're just trying to do stuff. So we can hear the radio going off, but the radio to us is not important at this point. So finally, she sends out our alert tones asking if we're 10-4. After a certain amount of time, the dispatcher will send out uh, our alert tones. And if we don't answer at that point, she'll send uh, about, I think it's six 
uh, sheriff's deputies to our location to make sure we're okay. So if you don't answer your 10-4 checks, that means obviously you're in trouble. And like I said, she'll send deputies. But, you know, after the alert tones, I kind of stopped and I answered, you know, 10-4. I, like I said, I just need just need more people. But anyway, after that, the medic couldn't find a vein and was like, bro, I got to do an IO. So an IO is a needle that goes into the bone and it infuses the fluid or medication into the bone marrow. And at this point, we still have no help. So it's just the two of us. I finally just said, you know, fuck this because I was trying to be as gentle as possible with the patient. But it was, I mean, I'm the only one fighting with her at this point because the medic's looking looking for uh, intravenous uh, options. So I take her hands, I throw her hands by the side, by her side, and I get on top of her on the stretcher, right? So my knees are on either side of her arms, holding their arms by her side. I have my legs locked around uh, her legs, you know, trying to hold them as still as possible so the medic can attempt the IO. And my hands are holding her head still so I can bag her and give her, you know, proper oxygenation. I hear the IO go off and I ask the medic, I'm like, hey, bro, I need a sheet because at this point I'm laying on top of a naked chick, right? And it's kind of weird. And he, he looks at me, he goes, no, no, you're, you're doing good. Just keep doing what you're doing. And I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, dude, help me out here, man. I'm like, give me a sheet. This is just, it's weird at this point. But the medic was still messing around with the IO, getting that going. He's trying to get a, a, a saline bag going. Like, I get it. We're both busy at this point. So the fire department shows up finally, and they jump in the ambulance. And as soon as he opens the door, he just, like, stares at me. And I can see this the, the thought in his face, like, dude, what are you doing? Because all he sees is me on top of a naked chick. You know, and I'm like, hey, get in here, grab me a sheet and cover this bitch. So the firefighter does that. We secure the IO and the medic decides he wants to sedate and innovate. So this point, I'm off of her now. We've got her covered with a sheet. The firefighter's bagging and we're all helping out with the IO. So... The medic pushes the sedation drugs per our protocol, and it doesn't even touch the patient. She's still fighting with us, and I mean, we got five guys in the ambulance at this point. Now, the medic sees a really good jugular vein and decides to try an EJ. So we hold her head to the side, press on her liver, and by pressing on the liver, it uh, distends the, the jugular vein a little bit. And first go, boom, he hits the EJ. So medic calls the hospital and asks the doctors for orders to push more medication. Now, like I said, we had already pushed what our protocol stated we could push. So now the paramedic needs uh, direct orders from the hospital from a doctor to give more medication. The doctor agrees and we push more meds. Now we also have we also got the second thousand liter bag going, so now we're we're dumping at this point two thousand liters of fluid into her. Now 
With the extra medication pushed, the patient still doesn't go down. So the medic goes, all right, fuck this. Just get her to the hospital. So we keep one firefighter on board with us just to help with the medic in the back. And we drive code two, which is our lights and sirens, to the hospital. When we wheel the patient in the hospital, we get her into the room immediately. And the doctor looks at us and he goes, hey, uh, I thought you were going to intubate her. <laughs> and the medic was like, yeah, we were going to try, but the drugs still didn't do anything, so we just transported. And the doctor was like, all right, that's fine. We'll just give her more. And so in the hospital, they pushed even more drugs. They got her sedated enough to put an E-tube, ET tube in so they could still try and secure her airway. But she was still fighting. Like she was, they had to restrain her to the hospital bed. They, that she was trying to pull the ET tube out. I mean, it was, it was just a a crazy shit show call. But at the end, we, we got through it as a crew and we got her to the hospital knowing that we tried everything to help her. Like I said, I I think we used all of our sedation drugs. I can't remember. We might have, we might've had some Versed left over, but I think we used most of our sedation drugs. And we couldn't do anything. So at that point, all we could do was just dump fluids and try to bag her. But she was just, it was a, it was crazy. You know, but like, as always, let me know if you've ever experienced anything like that. Anything crazy. I love talking about crazy things. It's a lot of fun. You know, what diabetic calls have you ran on that were either easy or challenging? Let me know on Instagram at EMT underscore life underscore podcast. I enjoy talking with everyone and listening to what everyone has to say. I learn from you just as much as you might learn from me. So it's always fun. I, I really do enjoy it. I hope you learned something from this, this podcast. And I hope that you also enjoyed the story. I hope everyone has a great upcoming week. And God bless.